This is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, oh, come on, you never watched Breaking Dawn Part 2? Or you seriously have never seen Moonstruck? Or how have you not seen Before Midnight? Welcome back, everyone. I am your co-host, Carson Betts. And I am your other co-host, Caroline Thompson. This is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where every week one of us brings one of our favorite movies the other hasn't seen. We talk about it. And then we go and watch the movie. And then we talk about it some more. This is the end. We've reached the end. I don't think I'm ready for it. You're not. Um, I'm extremely ready to watch this one, but I don't think I'm ready for it. You're not. You're not. Um, So this is a now years-long effort we've been watching the before trilogy and spacing them out a little bit it's a court to kind of in some way uh uh, sort of simulate the the nine-year gap between each film um and we're at the last one we're at before midnight uh and so i ask you caroline (laughs) i feel like i just answered this question for you in some way but how have you not seen before midnight um, because I am an uncultured swine and never ah. watched these films until we started, um, <clears throat> until we started the trilogy last year. Yep. And then I have been, I don't know. I said this, I said, I said this on the before sunset episode mm-hmm. that, um, at first I was a little, I was a little bummed that I couldn't just jump into the other two right away. However, I also, I've grown to appreciate it because in much the same way that these films are kind of about, you know, the moments from your past that like stick with you and like, like you just remember inherently. um, I am excited to watch these films with some distance between them because it, it it does just like, you know, it, that, that, the clouded memory of them does kind of, I feel like add a little bit, like from watching that second one, they would like talk about things like the way they remembered it. I'm like, ah, I don't remember like, who's right. I don't remember like how that actually went down, but like, that's kind of like, that's obviously very much the point. Yeah. So um, I'm very excited that we have gotten to a point in time in which I get to revisit this trilogy because uh, Before Sunset is, I mean, they're both, they're both the, the first two films are fucking incredible, but Before Sunset is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's so good. And um, Before Sunrise was like, was amazing and it blew my mind watching it and before sunset just wrecked me in a very profound beautiful amazing way carson can i ask a question as a veteran before trilogy uh viewer yeah do you recommend what re-watching the first two before we do the third or do you do you think we should go in Hmm. i i think you should just go in i think i kind of i like caroline's prescription for it i like that there's a little bit of clouded memory because and and here's the thing y'all are gonna rewatch these movies i know you oh, are like yeah. yeah like so they're about the criterion block exactly yeah no so like you're gonna watch them all in a row you'll have that experience because i do especially in repeat viewings you do start to notice the things between films that are really like these small bits of things that are really intentional um but i kind of like the idea of caroline's whole like no give them some space let yourself forget a little bit 
and then be brought back is I think cool. Yeah. So I think that's what you should do. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, so Caroline, what do you know about before midnight? Um, so I know that Ethan Hawke is in it. Correct. I know that Julie Delpy is Hell in it. Yeah, she is. I know that it is written by the two of them and Richard Linklater. They all get screenwriting credit because they uh, really kind of develop these characters and kind of, yeah. Um, As Julie Delpy said on Mark Barron's podcast, uh, she and Ethan did 90% of the writing on all three movies. Amazing. Yeah. And I know that Ethan Hawke's character's name is Jesse and Julie Delpy's character's name mm. is Celine. And Correct. I am assuming that this film takes place nine years after they last saw each other in a, uh, in a third beautiful European city. Mm. Um, These are all very good guesses. And uh, I, I would imagine that one of them has somewhere to be late at night and they have to not see each other they 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 have to part ways at midnight so this film is going to all take place before midnight and uh i imagine i'm probably going to cry yes yes you will it's that's that's the best guess you've had so far uh all right well if that's all you know are we ready Wait, can i guess this oh. this time yeah yeah i guess oh this is fun yeah i guess this so city. the first one was vienna mm-hmm. the second one was paris paris Gail Perry. I'm going to throw all my chips down. I'm going to say that this one's in Edinburgh. Mm, interesting. You're incorrect, but there are similarities. We'll talk about it in the back half, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's a good guess though. Okay. Um, all right. So that being said, are we ready for our game this week? Yes. Hell I, yeah. I, am, okay. I am very much ready. I'm stealing your thunder. Same as last week, we're doing Rotten Tomatoes, Price is Right. If you've never listened to an episode of this show before or one in which we've played the game, it is uh, very simple. Much like the game Price is Right, we are going to be, uh, I'm going to be presenting three movies uh, and each of us is going to guess its Rotten Tomato Meter score and we'll reveal the actual like scores when we come back and then closest without going over wins. Uh, if you get two or more, you win the week. So Caroline, are you ready? I am ready. All right. So number one, we're starting with this movie, Before Midnight. 96. 96. 96. I'm going to be an asshole and say 97. Fuck you. I know. All right. Uh, Next, School of Rock. 87. 87. That's a really good fucking guess. Um... You know, here's the thing. I don't think fucking anyone dislikes School of Rock. Correct. If, if someone, di- if someone no dislikes- No one with a heart dislikes no. the School of if Rock. If someone dislikes School of Rock enough to, when asked the binary question, yes or no, give it a thumbs down, they are a literal sociopath. Like, so I'm going to say 92. Okay. Yeah. All right. Number Caroline, three. Sorry, you you said eighty seven for that. Yes. And Carson said ninety two. Okay, ninety two. I believe in my man Dewey Finn. Uh, number three. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Uh, where'd you go, Bernadette? Oh fuck! Where'd you go? Honestly, I where'd this I, movie go? It doesn't exist. 
I, I have I, questions about how the three of these connect. They're all they're all movies. Later films. Oh, I you, just wanted, I'm such a dummy. The broad no, swath not. of no, you're not. It's Richard Linklater has really weird tastes in movies that he chooses to direct. Yeah. Um. So here's the deal: is I both applaud you and am ashamed of you that you did not do just the before trilogy for this. I thought about it, but here's the thing: I I literally almost like did that. Yeah. It, it's it's. I was like, ah, maybe that's a boring game because it's literally like these. It's just. It's just. It's like a samurai it's just sword the word fight. Ninety yeah, and exactly. grabbing an integer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, where did you go, Bernadette? I'm going to say Bernadette. 43. Because it looks stylish enough. It looks like Blanchett was having a good time, but also it came and it went and it went away forever. Doesn't exist. I, I think it's barely fresh. I, I bet you it's like barely fucking fresh. So I'm going to say 61. That's maybe an overestimation, but I'm going to say 61. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I could, there's also the alternate version of this game where I did, um, uh, I just did Dazed and Confused and uh, uh, Bernie also would have been a good one. Because <laughs> uh, God damn it, Richard, Richard Linklater's had a weird career. Yes, he has. And I love oh, it for him. It's, he's, I love that guy. Um, all right, were well, you ready? It's time. I'm so ready. Let's go. Let's go. All right, we're going to go watch Before Midnight and we'll see you when you come back. back from Greece back from Greece well Caroline oh uh, what'd you think never has a movie so effortlessly made me so happy so easily than about minute five of this film and then so thoroughly hurt me by the end yeah like yeah. the joy I felt seeing the camera pan around and see their two <sighs> kids in the back of the car. Uh, from there, uh, just just so easy. Like it, I I got so hyped. I I audibly gasped, and um, my partner was like, "What?" And I'm just like, that, but, but, uh, they, "They have kids. They have children." She's like, she's like, "Yeah, isn't this just like isn't this about how they're like." together and i'm just like no and i was like well serious it's about how they're not together so the fact that they are <laughs> is important and I, it's, yeah, yeah it's it's big and, and important excited and uh. um yeah and it hurt this movie hurt me a lot yeah yeah it hurts but it it's but ultimately it's, ultimately it held it you in its warm tight embrace yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, fuck. Like, where do we even start with? And this said, guy? "This is what love is. Take it or leave it." Um. Yeah. I don't really know because it, it is there. This movie is essentially like all of them, like fairly plotless. It is just conversations between people. Um. I. Yeah. I mean, look. This is the last one. We've done them all. We have the complete story. I'll say it. I'll say the thing that, let me just, you know, we'll start this way, Caroline. I'll say the thing that I said to you last night when we were talking on the phone, which is that if, 
<laughs> like we just passed the nine years, the nine year anniversary of this thing. Like we just passed like, oh, if yes. they were going to make another before movie, they would have done it then. And a lot of people, you see a lot of people online, film Twitter being like, let's do it, man. You know, whatever, fucking fourth before movie. And here's the thing, to make another movie in this series, no matter what it is, kind of retroactively breaks this movie. Yeah. And like destroys its ending. Because either you take, there's one of two routes. Either you do the, they are divorced. This is about like the first time, you know, the fourth movie in in the series is about the first time they see each other. I mean, I guess they're never, they're, we're never married, but like they're separated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, and it's about them seeing each other for the first time in many years after breaking up. Or it's about they are still together, and in some ways we have, you know, we, we've we just returned to the paradigm of before sunrise. Like, it is, for some reason, it's about them, like, rediscovering their love for each other. Um, and either of those options completely breaks the end of this film. Correct. Because the thing about it that is so important and vital and beautiful is that now these characters get to live in this tension forever. We never, we don't need to know what happens to them because the important thing is that in our minds, they now continuously live in the the scary reality of what love actually is. And like, that's that's the fucking message yeah, of the they movie. Live, they live in the scary reality of Christmas in 2003 and England. Get the yes. fuck out of my Zoom call. <laughs> get the fuck out. Sorry. You just you said the thing. You I did. I said thing. the thing. I said the um, thing. No, but I mean, like, I I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, it is, it does kind of break this movie because either you make a movie about, uh, I don't know. I guess there is like a weird thing, but you almost have to wait. You almost have to wait eighteen years to do it to where they're like seniors. Yeah, you, know? you, you got to kill one like of that. them. Well, no, no, you don't have to kill one of them. I'm just saying it's like, it's like you almost can't, you can't go back and do the, okay, that like they had that big fight in their early forties. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's kind of where they were when they were middle-aged. So like, where are they just like 10 years later? Because it is kind of that thing of like, either there's, you just, you just have to do it again. Yeah. They're still there. Yeah. Or they have to get over it or they have to break up. And it's like, you don't really want to see any of those things. But it's like, I mean, I guess you could return in 18 years and do like, a, they're in their 60s now. What does that look like? But they have 20 year old children, you know? Um, but, but yeah. I'd watch, I, I'd watch his son meet someone on a train. That would be adorable. Just meet little... someone on a plane. And it's, all, and it's all on the plane because the, the, the flight from Europe to the States is long. And what about what about this one? Ready for this? Yes. Little little Hank, right? He's like our age. And he meets he it's meets someone. No, he meets oh. someone in the metaverse. No, on a train <laughs> in the metaverse. It's called Ooh. Before Log Off, and it's they gotta <laughs> Yeah. Um, um i know yes i i agree and this movie hurts a lot um and it was that thing so my my review almost a year ago almost a year ago uh in six days it will be a year ago from when i logged before sunrise um wow no actually a week i it is before sunset or before sunrise before sunrise the first okay 
So it is at time of recording. It is Saturday, August 27th. And next Saturday is September 3rd. And I logged um, before sunrise on September 3rd, 2021. So it's almost exactly a year um, since watching that film, which, wow, that seems that went by far too yep, fast. Yep, 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 yep. But, um, much with like the 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 thesis of this film um and my review is after all these years i can finally believe people can be straight yeah and um i don't know it's 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 painful because i mean jesse and celine are these two beautiful young people that you just want to see succeed in this world and they have Mm -hmm. something so special and so magical and so amazing and that carries over into the second film and even though it's grown and it's different and seeing them be mildly unhappy and stressed out and frustrated in their marriage is uh just heartbreaking and it's devastating and the fight seems so real and it hurts and uh jesse's an asshole in this movie and uh that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't know. It's I think he is very observantly an asshole. Uh, but he's an asshole in this movie yeah. in a way that I've always yeah. kind of liked Jesse. And in this side, I'm in this film, I'm kind of like, no, he's just like not handling this well at all. Yeah. yeah. But and like, but not in a way that feels like it's breaking from the other two movies. Like it is fully, it makes a hundred percent sense that this is the way that this guy would react um in this situation. And it's but it's it's this very classical thing that's just being, you know, like like a wine. These two have kind of aged together and now their fights are just becoming like more vivid. Cause well, and it's and it's hurtful because like they bring up like the resentments that they have from 20 years ago yeah. that they built over 20 years and they are actually 20 years older. And these are things we actually experienced with them. Yep. The moment where someone describes the first book and like their meeting as mm. like adorable and beautiful. And she was, and she goes like, I mean, not really. Yeah. She was like, yeah, whatever. I was like, Oh no. Yeah. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause well because i mean it makes sense because look i can watch before i can watch the movies and see it in real time but the juxtaposition of that making you think of like yeah if people actually experience this in their real lives 20 years later the memory of it would fade in such a way that it would probably feel like that it would be normal it would be just very average and also look that is the running theme between this movie and the last movie of celine being very unhappy that jesse has turned their life into a successful book franchise sure is like like it's pretty it's pretty good because I like how in the last one, she's very openly annoyed about it. And this one, you can tell that she has just kind of learned to put most of that resentment away. You know, like there's moments where she could definitely bring it up and then she only chooses to like, what, like two times. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's really good. But like, it is it is magical that you, within the space of about five minutes, you get Celine saying, I don't think I love you anymore. And then you get them re- essentially kind of recommitting to each other. And both of those things feel very true and very real and yeah. very well observed. Like yeah. I I like it is 
one if it's almost one of the thesis statements of this film is almost like yeah no feeling is forever you know like and that yeah. it both includes like the exuberant love of the previous movies and also like Celine just deciding that she does not love him anymore um and like I don't know it's yeah it's impossible to fucking talk about this movie because it just like turns you into a little ball of tears yeah um like I will say I love Greece Greece looks very nice I want well, to go to Greece. And I mean, and I mean, like the metaphor of just like they're surrounded by yeah. ruins yep, of yep. old, yeah. ancient, beautiful things. And uh, and the kids want to see the ruins. The kids mm-hmm. want to know. The ki- kids want to you know? know. And um, and you know, it's it's it is very beautiful. Like there is, I mean, there's a reason people still go and visit the ruins. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Like ruins are beautiful still in many ways but i mean it's it's very uh <laughs> it is as obvious as it is elegant that they are walking to the hotel kind of like opining reflecting on just like god like remember when you were young and they're like literally walking through ancient ruins yeah 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 and it's um, almost as if they're like hey remember when we used to be in a movie where we walked around european cities beautiful and just cities talk to each other and, yeah, yeah 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 and now we're like in the we talk to each other yeah. about like beautiful amazing things and now we're yeah. kind of talking about like how things are hard and yeah they're not beautiful and even if they are we have to kind of force ourselves to find beauty or like joy in them whereas before everything was just infused and imbued with that from I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. It's it's fantastic. It's so good. Uh, go on, Corey. You had something to say. Oh, yes, I did. And then I lost it. And now I'm back. I have like Hell three yeah. things. One, um, there was a moment where I thought this entire movie was going to take place in the car of them yeah. driving her out. Yeah. Um, and then when they started that first tracking two shot of them mm-hmm. just walking through the city, I was like, we're back, baby. Back, <laughs> back to walking in cities. Um, I was like, oh, I just felt like someone put a blanket on me and was like, you're back. It's going to be yeah. OK. And yeah. then they tore my heart out. But like yeah. for a little while, it felt OK. Um, so just general observation of the conversation for the fir- first, you know, 12 and a half minutes of this episode. Yeah. This is the culmination of really like three seasons of work for us. And we there's just kind of a sadness in the way we're talking about this movie. So I want to throw I want to throw out like a discussion point to see what y'all thought about this. Sure. There was that like 20 minute dinner scene uh, where they're all sitting around and talking. I did not. I liked the scene itself. I was worried that there were going to be that many characters for the whole film. I was like, I get why you're here, but I don't like it. I'm here to watch those two people talk, Mm -hmm. not watch those two people talk to the eight, six of you. The whole time. No, yeah, that was my least favorite part of the movie. And I Mm -hmm. think that's probably, if I sat down to kind of like think about it for a while, it's probably by design somehow. Sure, But it was that thing where like watching that scene, I was like, I was like, I don't care about any of your your guys' problems. I want to know what's going on with Jesse and Celine. And this yeah. is just hurting the two of them and it's making them angry. And I don't want it. <laughs> I want to see them go, I don't care about these people. Get out of my movie. Stop I, making my mom and dad fight. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I will exactly. uh I'll say having watched this film several times now, I, I agree. The first time I saw this, my like I think my initial review is like, yes, great. That fucking middle 30-minute chunk I hated, but like. Yeah. Rewatching it, I have it is gelled with me more 
both just in terms of like I know that's what the film is now and it kind of feels of a piece with the rest of it but also intellectually like I think I understand now that clearly the purpose of that is we have had these two films in which these characters have walked around in these kind of amazing magical little bubbles like the first movie is all that is it is just about like hey what if when you meet someone sometimes a perfect little bubble of love like surrounds you and it feels as though you're walking in a beautiful european city um and they're just literalizing that and the second film is wait what if that can happen again like what if we can reconstruct that is loving someone actually you know is it just this fluke or does it actually exist sure. and this film is about well we need to break that like you don't get to exist in the in the honeymoon phase forever you're not always just in your love bubble and you know, part of breaking that in terms of like the like filmic matter of this movie is by just putting them in scenes with other people. And just the fact that like, I mean, you two are reacting to it very strongly. And I did too, the first time I saw it, how just fundamentally fucking wrong that feel that feels to have like a third movie where suddenly there are other people having conversations like around Jesse and Celine. And I think that having seen it a couple of times i think that that is really really important and i think it's a really smart way of eliciting a feeling for, of unease from the audience and kind of not just saying like oh you know whatever them say you could just have them say fucking like oh it feels like all these other people have an opinion of our relationship and r the real world is kind of crashing in around us or you could just you could shoot that you could show it rather than tell it and i think that that is the purpose of that middle chunk of the film uh that being said it is it's also my least favorite part but that's right you know, by well and also too i mean i think that it's along the same lines i think it is fun on the movie's part and interesting to conceptualize like like hey yeah like this film trilogy has all been about jesse and selena up until this point but mm -hmm. like there are other people in the universe. Like there are other stories. Like they are not the only thing in this universe that matters. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, with your with your rose-colored, like watching going back and a watch before sunrise again, like glasses. Like, yeah, they, it is, you know, like I mean, so much of it is like, oh my God, this love is the only thing that matters. But I think it's a very mm -hmm. interesting like way to just complicate it, to just be like, hey, we it's it's almost like a very intentional like i won't say fuck you to the audience but like it is that thing where it's like it's like yeah we know you're here to see jesse and celine like do the thing but it's just like not only can we not give that to you because like it wouldn't still be going on and still be so honeymooning after all of these years at the same time like we can't give you that because like there are other things in the world that matter and like even if you don't care about those things those things are going to creep in and those things are going to block you from like, you can't just spend your whole life only focusing on how much you love someone. Yeah. And, other and things it, are going to break that. And other things are going to force you to take a step away from that. And other things are going to force you to reconsider that even if you don't want to. And it is of a piece with the earlier films and just, there is a lot of um, not just Jesse and Celine talking about, either other relationships they've been in or that they've seen, but there is a fair amount of observing other people. I mean, fuck, look, it's one of the things I say about these movies all the time, that it is, it is fucking perfect sequelization, that there are things that happen in the two sequels that retroactively make things in the first movie feel like they were planned. You know, the fact that these two people 
the only reason that they start talking to each other is because they both see like a middle-aged couple fighting and then at the end of the fucking trilogy they're just a middle-aged couple fighting is like oh fuck like so good like so so good um but but yeah and there's a fair amount of that throughout these two films of them observing other people or meditating on other people and letting those outside voices be embodied is i think the next step in that evolution um that being said our beautiful producer has just reminded us that we have a game to get back to yes which i uh a hundred percent forgot about um we yeah, were all just too jazzed much to get like, into it much like much like the middle scene of this film forcing us to uh, take a break from Jesse and Celine. All we want to do is focus on Jesse and Celine. So yes, yes. We say fuck the game, but reality breaks back in and says, "No, you have a you have a structure, a format to this show." We definitely <laughs> plan this. This is definitely a rhetorical device. So, first film, film uh, we are discussing this week before midnight. Uh, Carson guest ninety seven, Caroline guest ninety six, and the film clocks in at. 98. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Wait, Carson, you won. I know. Oh, okay. The way you said fuck, I was like, no, you're happy. That no, was a good um, fuck. God damn it. It was like a fuck yeah. Uh school of all right. So second film, School of Rock. Carson guessed 92. Caroline guessed 87. And in a uh rare feat. Carson got it right on the money. School of Rock is 92. Damn. Yes. I know my School of Rock, BB. I know my School of Rock. So where'd you go, Bernadette? Carson guessed 61. Caroline guessed 43, uh, I believe. Uh, yeah. So Caroline did win. Uh, where'd you go, Bernadette? But Carson had already won. Well, uh, what was what was, what was it? Go Bernadette. Oh, sorry. Where did uh, Bernadette, Bernadette go? clocks in at fifty? Okay. Wow. All right. I have a question for you two. <laughs> Where do you think Bernadette went? <laughs> I don't know. Probably like probably Greece, the Arctic She's... or something. Is it? Oh, is very it different Arctic? answers. <laughs> Just like where do, where would Bernadette go? I, I where would she go? Where would Bernadette go? Um, we should w also WWBG. We should figure out an excuse to talk about School of Rock because that movie's great. Yeah, um, we need to find somebody who hasn't seen School of Rock. Oh God, that's it, it impossible. School of Rock, right? Yeah, seen School of Rock. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, an impossible task. Everyone has seen School of Rock. Um, yeah, so that's great. I I really needed that win. I appreciate that. Good job, me. Um, well, yeah, fucking this movie is really very good. I do. I think that that. I, I will say, I think that, and we'll get to this definitively at the end, but like before sunset is my favorite of the trilogy, but I think my favorite scene in the trilogy is the fight in the hotel. I think that is the most impressive sure. bit of, I think that's the most impressive bit of writing and acting that exists in the trilogy. Um, I mean, just given the fact that it, we say this all the time, just about how kind of, effortlessly natural not even naturalistic but how realistic these movies feel and how they actually do feel like two real people um and that is just way on display here like it is not the movie version of a fight in which there is this i think it and i think it's oftentimes it's good screenwriting but where there is this clear escalation of two people start out happy they get a little pissed they get more pissed they get more mad they get more mad than they're explosive and they're yelling at each other it is that they do the more human and more realistic thing of 
it the fight follows this really circuitous route where they go from horned up and very intimate to something breaks that to now they're fighting to they go back to horny to now they're fighting again to now they're just having a discussion to now they're straight up yelling to now that you know like it it their reactions to one another feel very very human and very reflective of what actual fights in relationships oftentimes are which is that they don't follow a clear path and they're not uh, this like strictly logical screenwriting exercise because they involve two people and they're like wild upset emotions you know um and it's fantastic that fight is fucking perfect the blocking in it is really interesting like just in you know just watching them walk around is kind of thrilling which yeah i is, is a review that you can have for all of these fucking movies that just watching two yeah. people walk is great but like watching them prowl around the hotel and just like knowing the geography of it and where they are in relationship to one another is always is just striking you know yeah no and i mean i i will say that like one of the most impressive things that I think has happened to me every time I've watched one of these films is um, I have accidentally just like, because I've streamed them all, you know, mm -hmm. like accidentally, whether I've like bumped the PlayStation controller or like I unlocked my phone and just saw like I've accidentally seen the timeline like of the film, like within the last 20 minutes of the film mm -hmm. and me being like, how can this movie be over in 15 to 20 minutes? Because like, there's still so much left and it just started. And every time, like the last 15, 20 minutes are so fucking packed full of just gut wrenching emotions that like, yeah. it feels like there was an hour. Yeah. Because um, the, yeah, the end ahead. of that fight, sorry. I mean, the end of that fight, you basically get, you get, the, <laughs> you get them basically admitting to cheating on each other in a very roundabout sort of way yeah. you get you know her i mean just like all the the fighting about her being pregnant is like the most because it's all shit that it's it's one of the rare times where it's they've invented subject matter that you never saw they're filling in the gaps between the two films but all of that all of that shit feels really fucking raw and then that immediately turns into like jesse is a major asshole to her and then i think she says that he, she doesn't love him anymore and it's yeah. just like fuck it's like it's fuck 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 like uh and you know and again i think it's the strength of these movies as you said that despite that that despite all of that happening i don't dislike either of these characters really i just kind of go oh they're yeah that's that's Jesse and Celine. That's people. Like, could they have done it better? Absolutely. But can we expect them to? No, because they're fucking people, you know? Yeah. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. Fucking, yeah. This movie's very good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is very, very good. Mm. Um, well, I think it might be that time. I think we got to ask the big question, right? rank them we gotta rank them yeah we need your... it, this feels like a futile exercise because <laughs> i think I you mean, can yeah. truly make an argument for oh yeah any order yeah but i'm just 
I know. And this is stupid. Like, hey, look, it, one of my favorite things to do is to talk about how, um, you know, kind of scoring movies in a numerical way is uh, essentially imposing objectivity on something that is fundamentally subjective. But you know what's fun? Uh, giving movies, Doing that. Yeah, like giving <laughs> movie star rankings on Letterboxd. Um, so I'm, I am not, I am just talking in terms of like gut reaction. What is the order? Like, what do you think? personal preference so i talked about this a little bit on the teenies that like i think that um i think that sun rye or god it's so hard to keep them fucking straight um sunset <laughs> i think is a better film than sunrise like just like objectively speaking mm -hmm. in terms of like whatever but like sunrise broke my brain in a way that sunset didn't just because sunrise was so new and like and like wild and like it was like nothing i'd ever seen before where sunset was very much like sunrise you know it like didn't mm -hmm. have to restructure my brain in order for me to appreciate it in a way that i really liked but god i don't know i mean i think in terms of like putting on my film critic hat what's the what are the best whatever quote unquote objectively the best movies probably sunset sunrise midnight in terms of movies that in terms of like personal preference of like which ones just did i fucking love the most watching probably sunrise sunset midnight emotional gut-wrenching probably sunset midnight sunrise two three one but i don't know like those are three different so metrics. you gave three separate so three yeah. different metrics are three different <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but i mean you know it's the whole thing of like what's the difference like there should there there is and should be a difference between best and favorite in sure. my opinion sure sure so sure. those are my th those are my takes on the trilogy i see that i see that um i say generally in my mind see i i, I by that same metric the one that i am the most thrilled to watch is always sunset that one lights my brain on fire i mean again i fucking love all these movies very much and very dearly and very impassionately but the one that like the most lights my brain on fire is sunset i frequently say some well yeah so with some frequency i will say before sunset is my favorite movie so i generally go sunset and then really depending on what mood I'm in, either sunrise or midnight, is then the second, and then the other one is the third. Um, having just watched midnight, I think midnight is my second, then sunrise is my third. Sure. I think, but yeah, that changes. So you say sunset, midnight, sunrise? Yeah, right now. But that could, okay. That could I think that's fair. I mean, there's no wrong order. Corey, yeah, what no. about you? There's no, no wrong okay. order. They're all yeah. incredible, and they are all so much of a piece. If midnight, yeah. yeah, if midnight is someone's favorite, I would love to hear the argument for that, though. I think that that is a, you know, I bet you that's an older person than we are, though. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fuck me. Okay, so, okay. Um, 
All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna spitball. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a little anecdote. So another film podcast I listen to. If you watch mm-hmm. Ted Lasso, Brett Goldstein has this really awesome podcast called Films to Be Buried With, and it's uh, Real- whole- Brett Brett Goldstein. Yeah, that guy. That's great. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also it is- love the name of that podcast. That so is I'll a have good. To check that out. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's one of my favorite podcasts. It's uh, the whole conceit is you come on, you talk a little bit. He's like, oh, I forgot to tell you, you died. Um, and then he asks, um, he basically asks you to reflect on your life through the lens of like, what was the first film you saw? What film made you laugh the most? What film made you like the most scared? Okay, Corey, wait. The idea of <laughs> me going on a podcast and Brett fucking Goldstein saying, oh, wait, I forgot to say you're fucking dead now. Like, it's kind of what I it would, sounds like. <laughs> I would believe him if he told me that. I would say, yeah, I guess I, fuck, wait, you're you're the devil? I mean, that makes sense. Okay. There are like 200 episodes of this podcast. Damn, it's okay, so good. well. Um, so all that to say, that. I, pro- I, I, promise it, I promise this is going to come full circle. The last yes, thing yes. is- uh, you're in heaven. It's movie night. Uh, you get one movie. You get to take one movie with you to heaven to show wow. every night. It's movie night. What movie would it be? And for the longest time, every time I listen to one of these, every time I listen to an episode of that podcast, I'm always trying to figure out before sun. I, my answer is always before sunrise, because I think as a director and as someone who is learning to appreciate film more, that thing broke my brain in ways that mm-hmm. was like oh this is possible like it's possible to make something with two people that is that engaging and also to me that movie is the most fundamentally like what it means to be a human being the like optimism and like yeah i can meet someone and fall in love and we're mm-hmm. going to come back and meet in 6 months no matter what does or doesn't actually happen. Like, I think the love and the romance and the optimism that that one ends on mm-hmm. is why Sunrise does edge Sunset out for me. I think it would be gut reaction, Sunrise, Sunset, Midnight. Mm. Similarly to what you said, Carson. One, two, three. If I had to do the, like, best versus favorite um i i do agree that i think the best scene in the trilogy is that like 20 last 25 minutes in the hotel room yeah um because it's just fucking incredible it's stunning but my gut reaction because i think it is so fundamentally about like what it means to be a human yeah i would say before sunrise is my favorite sunset midnight yeah wow that was that beautiful it's all beautiful can i take a hard right turn and just read the you can you can always tell that i'm done talking about a movie when i'm just like wait a second this other thing um (laughs) the description for films to be buried with on please we are born we die in between we watch a lot of films (laughs) some of these films shape the people we are you fucker (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, so. um, okay. We That's... talked about this. I want to, I want to, uh, we talked about this on the last, I think the, the first half of this before sunrise is a hundred, hundred percent on mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. What do we think before sunset is? Before sunset, 99. 
95. Carson, what'd you say? 99. You both busted. It's 94. What? Fuck me. That's stupid. That's, I that hate is people. stupid. That is stupid. That's um, really stupid. What's before midnight? 90. We did Didn't this. We, do this? we did this. It's 98. Uh, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dumb. Uh, um, we're... I mean, that's short. I mean, it's a short back half, but these films are I really mean, look, great. That's the thing. I There's love like, yeah. Jesse and Celine. Jesse I love and them. Celine forever. Um, except for also maybe not. Okay, I have to say, I have to say, I have to say. The, the except for line... the annoying infuriate me too. Like, yeah, that. So yeah. this film, along with the worst person in the world, enters mm. the echelon of mm. from zero to mm-hmm. ugly cry in one line for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was when, uh, they're fighting and, um, they're like out at the, she's out at the table and he comes up and he's like explaining his whole, like, dumb, stupid, uh, I'm a time traveler. Also, it's the Richard Linklater make a movie not about time challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just kidding, I love Richard Linklater's movies and I love that he's so profoundly obsessed with time, but also, dude, like, I love you. Like, you can let yourself breathe. It's fine. Um, just take care of yourself, Richard. Um, find out where Bernadette went. Just find yeah. out, please. Um, but when he is just like going through this whole thing, and it's and he's just like, like I'm sending this young man to you, blah mm-hmm. blah 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 blah, like blah blah blah. But you're his only hope. Just mm. instant waterworks. Just like 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 uh like a punch yeah. to the cerebellum. Just instantly made me cry. Yeah, um, yep. it hurts. It fucking hurts. It really does. And it I love really them. And I just does. want them to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. The, and fuck. I mean, and having that's... spent two beautiful weekends with them in 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 Europe, I I know that they have the capacity to be. They yes, as as do we all. As do we all. Um. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the before trilogy. I th- I think that we're we've talked about how we're gonna find an excuse to talk about these movies again. I loved that. On, yeah. On on Patreon or in some in some way, we're gonna do something where we drag someone else into this and just make them stand in awe um but also uh, but but also much like making a fourth film is it maybe better to to just to, to, to just leave to, it to long to oh, do this again but no, that's we can't. that's maybe also good but you know here's counterpoint the thing. yeah no carson go ahead once i get married to Maya Hawk, and then Ethan Hawk is my real dad. We're going to have to ask him all of our questions about it. So that'll be, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a couple of True. years away. That's a couple yeah. of years away, you know, yeah. but. Yeah, Carson, you really should marry Maya Hawk. I, you really should. This has been a bit in my life about how I really, one, because Maya Hawk is uh, cool and attractive, but also because then Ethan Hawk would be my dad. Uh, I, what I was going to say was, counterpoint, my letterbox review for Before Midnight was, God, I'm going to be unbearable about this trilogy for the rest of my yeah. life. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, this. right? I know. Correct. <laughs> I mean, oh. it's so true. Yeah. This is, I mean, the before movies are a, like, there's, it's a thing that, it's a thing that, you know, we've certainly, I don't know if we ever talked about the podcast, but we talked about in real life, that, like, when you start dating someone, there are those movies, there are those pieces of art that you kind of, almost sheepishly you're like oh jesus christ please like this please like this or we're not going to be able to like keep we're not going to be able to keep going out um but like the before trilogy is one of those that like yeah a couple of months in you got to be like okay 
if these movies don't light your brain on fire, then I'm sorry. I don't think that we can, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, 100%. I don't know. Like, clearly you don't, <laughs> clearly you're a sociopath who doesn't know what love is. That's maybe a little harsh. <laughs> that's, that's very harsh. That's very, very harsh. I was, I was, I was, I was being uh, uh, harsh for uh, comedic effect. But yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, these movies are going to talk about it forever. Um, that being said, hey, Corey, you want to, steer us out of this skid and tell the fine folks at home where they can uh, i'd love to yes Thank you. uh if you like what you hear please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts leaving a review would also really help out the visibility of the show follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash hhyns pod follow us on twitter instagram and letterboxd at hhyns pod and if you want to see letterboxd reviews bully your hosts into sending them to me mm-hmm. A yes, special thank you to our newest is. patrons. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash HHYNSpod. We have multiple levels, all with their own perks, ranging from $1 to $25 a month. Like I said, if you're interested in hearing more, please visit patreon.com slash HHYNSpod. Yes. Thank you. Take your drink. We record these out of order. I'm not entirely sure when this episode is dropping, but I do know that it is... August 30th. August 30th. Great. So we have... August 30th? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Sick. So either we just released or we are just about to release our uh, episode on Patreon on Mad Max Fury Road, mm. kicking off our Lego sequel series. It is a bug fucking nuts episode, especially the beginning. Yeah. Especially the beginning. Yeah. Coming hot. Corey. I can't wait to edit you, it. <laughs> have you watched the film yet? Because I have, not, I have not watched the film yet. So the thing that we missed on that episode, and we'll return to it as we do this series, but I do need your review of this film very desperately in my life. So okay. we will get to that. Um, also, I need yeah. to know what you think about the Doof Warrior. The Doof Warrior! Here's the thing. <laughs> I love the Doof Warrior. And I know that us saying that, Corey, <laughs> means nothing to you right now. That that is completely, complete nonsense. Um, to the point where, like, I think you do need to watch the movie before you listen to the podcast, or otherwise you're going to be like, what the fuck are these two on? For, right. like, okay. yeah, Done. yeah, because otherwise it makes no sense. Um, yeah, cool. That being said, uh, Caroline, what do you got for me next week? Next week, yeah. we are um, sticking with a beautiful theme of love, romance, cities, and how mm. beautiful all of our cities are. Um, we're watching RoboCop. About <laughs> <laughs> Detroit, baby. Oh, that's fuck. Hey, that's satire right there. If you're like, yeah, Europe, Paris, Amsterdam, fucking America, Detroit, like. <laughs> That's the most representative of our, uh, our if, if if the spirit of if the spirit of Vienna is too beautiful, uh, you know, wide-eyed star-crossed lovers, mm-hmm. and the spirit of you know ancient Greek Greek ruins is a middle-aged couple trying to find their way in this world. The spirit of Detroit is a robot cop who puts his gun in his leg. He goes flip 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 flip. <laughs> She's right back. Because um, Carson has not seen Robocop. No, I've definitely, we're definitely, I haven't already watched it because we do these out of order. Definitely, for sure. Oh, two shots. Two shots in a row. Yeah, right, right. Uh, um, but yeah, it's going to be a good episode. Let's, let's, uh, that's, that's it. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. I love you.